She's stuck in the jungle with her cover model. Today I'm talking about The Lost City. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Up Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about The Lost City, which is a recent uh, action comedy delight featuring Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum in the lead roles. And I thoroughly enjoyed this one uh, for reasons that I expected. One, because the cast is great and the premise is great, but also for other reasons that I didn't expect. So without further ado, let's get started. Romance. It's a word that comes with a lot of baggage, especially when you're talking about movies. For some people, it's their stopping point, where the movie no longer becomes interesting, or they're suffering through it for the sake of the story. Like the young man listening to his grandfather tell tell him the princess bride and groaning because it sounds like a kissing book. But I'll admit, I'm a romantic. I love love! Which means I've been thrilled to see the surge of blockbusters that include romance as and love as key tenants, including stuff as broody and brutal as The Northman, the franchise fair, uh, the franchise fair like Thor, Love and Thunder, and of course today's romantic action comedy in the vein of Romancing the Stone, The Lost City. Sandra Bullock stars as Loretta Sage, a romance novelist who's lost her enthusiasm for her work after the death of her husband. But after being grabbed by an overzealous collector during her latest book tour, Sage is quickly thrown into an adventure like those in her books. Now it's up to her handsome cover model to come to her rescue and get them both back home safely. So, I fucking love movies like this. Fun for the sake of fun movies that preach about the value in supposedly cheap thrills, while still being a competently made action comedy. Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum are a great pair, for reasons we'll get into, and it's like they updated the Romancing the Stone premise for a self-aware generation of filmgoers. So, here's what stands out. First and foremost, we have Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum as a comedic duo. By now, most people are aware that Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum are good comedic actors. In fact, most of their best movies are comedies that have poked fun at their visual type. Miss Congeniality's biggest trick is making Bullock look like the oddball out in a collection of beauty queens, while 21 Jump Street works because Tatum plays a very earnest but very dumb beefcake, a la exactly what you think he'd be minus the sweet part. And that works because they're both very physical comedians. They have no shame about looking ridiculous for the sake of a joke, and will punctuate any scene with a reaction to hammer it home. While that might sound like a lot on paper, when you have the two of them both acting completely out of their depth in an action movie scenario, or drifting between moments of clarity and chaos, it works really well. And the fact that the setups for most of the action beats are also funny doesn't hurt either. Such as what such as what is what if your handsome rescuer were had a woefully incompetent guy wrong for the ride. We also have a solid emotional hook. At first glance, you'd assume that this movie is all about Loretta discovering a love of life after her husband's passing, thanks to a handsome new paramour. And that's partially right. The film establishes that Loretta actually has an interest in the archaeological digs and legends she references in her book, which is why she's tagged by the selfish millionaire, and it is something she and her late husband had an enthusiasm for. So completing this mission is both a way to get back out and kind of a tribute to him and their work and life together. At the same time, it's also about Bullock's sage learning to respect and appreciate her cover model, Alan. 
One of the things I love about Alan is that he's not just some dumb hunk. He's not an adventurer by trade, but he seems like a nice guy. It's also very clear that he cares deeply about Loretta. He knows all the things she cares about. He tells her she doesn't have to do anything she doesn't want to do. And the only time he gets cross with her is when she views him as just a cover model and denigrates her own work. Which brings us to maybe my favorite thing about the whole movie. A defense of low art. One of the most tedious discussions in moviedom right now is what is or isn't cinema. And I'll be honest, I don't really care what a bunch of pretentious directors think cinema is or isn't. Movies are great, and directors like Scorsese were just as inspired by Roger Corman as they were by Fellini. And cheesy romance books with adventure and sex are wish fulfillment, but that doesn't make them lesser entertainment or worthless. But done, because done sincerely, any kind of art can make an impact and have meaning. The Lost City is essentially advocating for its own existence. Like, yeah, the premise of this is very, very silly, but it's, also, but it's also fun, funny, in a knowing way, like most people who make good versions of this kind of stuff are, and it can be uplifting. And if this is the kind of story that meshes with someone who wants to imagine a more exciting life, or a perfect partner, or simply enjoy themselves, why be ashamed? It's a sentiment I think modern movie making needs more of. This has been Scott's Off Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Off Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.